Hi, 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 hi. Hi. Woo. Hooey. Sorry I'm late. That's okay, you're fine, you're good. We're just playing some silly online game. What were you playing? Absurdle. Neopets? Uh, kind of. <laughs> just playing a variant of Wordle. I see. Yes. I see. Uh, Elite. Wordle for elites. Um, I won't make that claim. <laughs> How are you, you beautiful Shantus? Uh, I'm good. I have the theme song of, fuck, what was it that we watched? Twilight. Yes, I have the theme song <laughs> of Twilight stuck in my head, the piano mm-hmm. riff, because uh, I watched Twilight for the first time. Ah, I see. What? What? How was your experience as a first-time Twyla? Well, you know, I love pouty ladies. So right, I love pouts. Yeah, pouty people of many genders. I feel like uh, just pouting yeah. in general is a good way to get to your heart. I figured your team, Jacob. That's kind of your style. Um, at the end of it all, have you? You just watched Twilight. You didn't watch the whole saga. No, no, I watched the whole okay. stupid thing. At the end of it, I'm not team either of them. They're both creepy as hell. Oh, sure. Yes, yes. Absolutely, absolutely. In terms of cuteness, mm, yeah, I guess I am team Jacob, but Robert Pattinson as a person seems to be doing a lot of fun stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't he know. He seems to be, so he's in the new Batman movie right now, and the rumor is that he is just like did not prepare at all like other people are like oh i like went insane while i was trying to get into the head of the joker and robert panson is like i just showed up man i just come here every day and do what they say and i respect that attitude yeah that's great that's great what character does he play he's the batman oh okay that's nice yeah that's good for him so it was a wild journey as you know i actually haven't seen the last few movies but i read the books before there were ever any movies oh there's just you know a baby and stuff you know the baby really that's where things really jump the shark i feel yeah yeah i mean as soon as there's a baby in the works it kind of kills the whole romantic thing yes i mean it's the same thing in comics is like people are always giving characters babies because they think it'll make an interesting like plot point or character development for a character but actually giving a character a baby is like such a dead end in yeah. a world where any kind of action or fantasy is happening it is like such a non-starter unless that baby has something of its own going on yeah, a little pedestrian. Yeah, and it's just like, there's no elegant way to work it into story, as Twilight proves, as they completely, if it, it completely fails to be integrated to the story. In fact, it makes every relationship much weirder. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I did, like, imagine watching the first movie mm-hmm. as if it was like, this is a parody, social commentary, over-exaggeration, surrealist romance story. <laughs> and if you right. kind of watch it that way... It's it's like a really good. You art watch film. it as something completely different than it is. No, but I'm saying like the cinematography, the, all the like the romance. It's so over the top that it's almost to the point. It's almost camp. Yeah, it's almost. But the thing know. is, it's camp is conscious of its campiness. IMHL. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. And Twilight is not it is kitsch which is just camp without a sense of self i hope we're not boring people with this like conversation from five years ago i am sure they love it okay i'm sure everyone out there has their own takes on twilight and i want to hear them okay well 
I had no idea that the werewolves were Native Americans. How the fuck did that shit not get canceled? Oh, yeah. And that tribe, because I used to live in Forks where, where Twilight is set. And I like hung out with folks from that tribe a lot. Like the, 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 like the real life people that it is based off of. Like the real life, like ethnic group. What did they think? Well, the whole town, it still has a lot of leftover Twilight touristry. Because there was a twilight boom. But yeah, mostly the indigenous folks, the Quileute tribe up there. Some folks are like, yeah, let's put twilight in our store name. Um, and that'll be great. And some folks are like, that's some bullshit. You know, yeah. there's a variety of opinions as there is on anything. As there is uh, in Judaism. <laughs> great segue. Judeo. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Pava, how yes. are you? <sighs> well, it may not surprise you to hear Baruch Hashem. I am well. Uh, I was just assembling a dresser with my boyfriend, hot off the assembling dressers with boyfriend's circuit. Um, What's a mass-produced uh, company, you know? Mass Target. Oh, nice. Okay. Tarsh. Yeah. That was going pretty well. Our previous Target dresser is falling apart, so we had to get a new Target dresser to replace the old Target dresser. Target loves you. I went to the mall today. It was incredibly exhausting. I had a lovely time, but it was very tiresome. It came up while I was in the checkout line at a store that the Spice Girls were all super gay with each other. I've just been on a train of revealing this to people recently, and um, the checkout lady was very excited by that information. So that was fun. That's great. Um, and I had my whole trip to my brother's wedding in Texas. I went a lot yes. better than I expected. I was very worried about my family, but they did very good. I had a lot of barbecue. It was so good. Oh. Although now coming back, I ate so much like barbecue and Tex-Mex that I just want to eat like steamed broccoli and white rice. <laughs> my, I feel like my body is like struggling with the amount of oily meat that I put in it. I can't relate. You bitch. I love barbecue. I mean, I love it, and I think it's great. I just ate so much of it that my body is like, we need to mix it up, friend. We need to get something other than oily meat in here. Well, welcome to Massachusetts, where you can have as much steamed broccoli as you want. <laughs> well, I could if I had any in my refrigerator, but I don't, so. You should go to the, go to the store. Get yourself some broccoli. <sighs> I go grocery shopping on Saturday evenings. There is a plan Okay. Oh, okay, I don't just go to the store at a random time like a heathen, like a Philistine. I think this is one of those classic, you're not looking for a man to solve your problems. You're just looking to complain. No, I'm not looking for a man, period. Oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fine. Um, yes, but overall I'm well just in this moment. I'm a bit tired. You're a bit tired, Will. <gasps> but I'm excited to be back here with you today. A mutual friend asked me, how's Michael doing? And I said, I don't know. I haven't talked to them this week. So here we are finally finding out how you're doing. Thank God. I just want you to know that everyone who you briefly interacted with when you lived in Providence always asks how you're doing when I hang out with them. Everyone asks after you. Oh, well. That's and I say, kind. you've been exiled. <laughs> you've been exiled to Western Massachusetts and never may you return. You have been cast out of the garden. I haven't met anyone yet. I'm an isolated chipmunk out here. Hey, uh, that's your usual way. You got to go to a contra dance. Surely there are contra dances out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm some... sure there are contra dances galore. I know, no, there's bunches. I think they're all canceled because, you know, 
COVID and stuff. Right. I guess that makes sense. Well, we all know why we're here. Yep. Yep. Talk about some fucking Talmud. So let's do it. Another listener question, as you may not be surprised to hear. Okay. This message is from Secular Seeker. They said, I just listened to your recent podcast, Can You Be a Practicing Non-Jew, and absolutely loved what y'all came up with for it. My question is kind of similar. I'm an agnostic ex-Mormon who has a bit of religious trauma where it comes to organized religion and the concept of any metaphysics, including deity. I've been away from any kind of worship for almost eight years and definitely don't miss the dogma, but I've started to miss the community, the ritual, the study, and the singing that came with my practice growing up. Flash forward to a year or so ago. And a friend invites me to an online broadcast of a local progressive Jewish community's synagogue's High Holy Days meetings. Something about it struck a chord, and I've been going virtually on and off for the past year. The more I learn about Judaism, the more comfortable it feels. And if I did convert, I think I'd land somewhere between Reconstructionist and Secular Humanist Jewish. I feel connected and heard when I participate in liturgy and singing, and the idea of wrestling with the teachings to find truth feels right. And Hebrew is definitely something I've wanted to learn for years. My question. I feel a little weird approaching the idea of conversion with the intent of landing in what feels like a fringe take on Judaism, like Secular Humanist Judaism is a way for folks who grew up Jewish to reconcile their worldview, why would someone who did not grow up with it choose to, I don't know, take it up at all if they don't believe in a physical deity? I feel torn about this because similar to Goy Goth Girl, I don't want to disrespect the practice in any way. It's been helping me through some tough times this past year, but I also don't want to be taking up space where I shouldn't be. Thanks for taking the time to read this. I don't necessarily expect y'all to do an episode on this. I guess I just wanted to put it out there to the good folks who might have some guidance on it. Heart emoji. Well, first off, Secular Seeker, thank you so much for this message and for all your kind words. We were and are and shall be delighted to receive it. And as you may have guessed by now, we are doing an episode on it. Yep. Yep. Wow. Okay. So can we do a quick summary of the Yes. uh, Quick summary. I love this has become tradition on our show. Yes. My summation of the question is basically... What do we personally and possibly the tradition have to say about the idea of someone converting into what might be a, quote, fringe take on Judaism, especially possibly a secular version of Judaism? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question, and it's a subject of hot discourse frequently. I've seen people on a lot of different sides on this question. I have a clear opinion. The general opinion is that you're fine. I did bring a little... Talmud that's relevant, but I also wanted to read this statement from the Association of Humanistic Rabbis. So I don't know if you know this or if the listener or if listeners in general know this, but there is a denomination of Judaism called Secular Humanist Judaism. I don't know if the listener was referring to that denomination in particular or just to secular humanist Jews as a general category, but there is an organized denomination with like rabbinical ordination and all kinds of stuff of just secular humanist Jews. And they beautifully and succinctly stated, we believe, one, that Jewish identity is primarily a cultural and ethnic identity. Two, that belief systems are too diverse among Jews to serve as criteria for membership. Three, that joining the Jewish community is a process of cultural identification. Four, that a person who seeks to embrace Jewish identity should be encouraged to do so and should be assisted in this endeavor. Five, 
that the cultural instruction for conversion should be left to the discretion of each rabbi, congregation, and community. We are convinced that Jewish survival requires creative alternatives to traditional procedures. And this was adopted by them in 1980. They also said in this other statement that was adopted in 2005, We, the members of the Association of Humanistic Rabbis, welcome all individuals into the Jewish people who desire to link their lives with the experience of the Jewish nation slash family, to identify with its historic memories, and to participate in its culture and future. Both personal choice and acceptance by a Jewish community to which they belong are necessary to make their adoption significant and valid. The act of adoption should be preceded by a period of preparation when the prospective adoptee studies the fundamentals of Jewish history and Jewish culture. The welcoming community may offer a celebration and a certificate of adoption. I want the adoption to be like you get put in a crib. (laughs) You get swaddled. You have like a birth reenactment. Yes. I mean, the mikvah is a birth reenactment, obviously. Yeah. So I think they said it really well in their statements. We might think of secular humanist Judaism as being primarily cultural Judaism and other streams of Judaism as being religious streams of Judaism or a mix of religious and cultural. But the idea of culture as a category unto itself is uh, relatively recent. In the history of Judaism. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Sam actually has a wonderful podcast episode where he debunks the whole concept of culture. He fucking would. I know. I know. Uh, typical Sam. Whether we buy into or don't buy into the concept of culture in general, my point, I guess, is that Judaism, Jewish identity, has lots of different parts some of which are thought of as cultural, some of which are thought of as religious, but those categorizations are sort of loosey-goosey. And if you start to look at anything too close, you start to realize that it doesn't fit neatly into those categories. And that's all just to say that Judaism is a big, weird, beautiful world, that every stream of Judaism is a fringe stream of Judaism, and that I would want you to feel welcomed into the Jewish world. I don't think that secular humanist Judaism needs to just be a way for people who are born Jewish to reconcile their Jewish identity. I think there's many people out there who are very invested in that stream finding its own way to exist in the world, not just as a coping mechanism. I think that's true. I think there may be patterns that you can see as to why people end up doing different flavors of Judaism. And I think Mm -hmm. that's interesting to talk about those kind of psychological reasons why people go towards different types of Judaism, perhaps, but just because you don't necessarily fit that particular trend or a trend that you perceive doesn't mean that you aren't welcome. So anyway, we're done. What about well, Talmud? Well, yeah, I just brought a little Talmud to sweeten the pot. Oh, okay, and because okay. we always have Talmud. Although I'm realizing now, I remember there's a, something tickling the back of my brain, and I don't remember if it's a Talmudic source or a Halakhic code source. And really, I should have brought this instead of what I brought. But um, there's some authoritative source out there that basically puts forward this principle that like there is always a possibility that someone could do more mitzvahs than they plan to in the future so in this source's opinion like even if you don't plan to do a bunch of mitzvahs or whatever maybe you do it's better to sort of like convert you 
just on the off chance that you might later be like, you know what? I'm going to do so many mitzvahs. Um, what? Better what? to be safe than sorry. Okay. So it's like if someone is interested in becoming a Jew, you should convert them ASAP because they might be a mitzvah heavy Jew. <laughs> is... Well, basically, it's imagining what if there was someone who wanted to convert and they came up and they were like, hey, I'm going to convert, but. I'm only going to do like two mitzvahs max. I'm just going to like Oh, I see. I see. Give to the poor and I'm not going to eat pork. Can I be converted? And in this source's opinion, which I really should have brought this source instead. They are like, "Yes, because even if they say that now, who knows what's going to happen in the future." Okay, interesting. And a mitzvah leads to a mitzvah. Is, is that a modern says. It, Oh, it's No, not modern. that's a that's a medieval at the most recent source who is converting to judaism in the medieval times that strikes me as wild maybe as you will learn if you study it as i have learned hella people have always been converting to judaism basically judaism just has a complex about it judaism is like no one ever flirts with, but it's like everyone is flirting with judaism all the time and they just don't see it but i did bring a little talmud there is this lovely little piece on Sanhedrin 99b about Timna. So Timna is this character who is very briefly mentioned in Genesis 36:22, which just says the sons of Lotan were Hori and Hemam, and Lotan's sister was Timna. Basically, the Talmud, for a lot of reasons, this whole episode is quite interesting, but basically there is a character in the Talmud, who is sort of going through and being like, the Torah is not that great. Look at all the useless things it says. Like, look at this sentence where it just says, Lotan's sister was Timna. Why do we care about that? Oh, um, interesting. Relatable. So, the rabbis come to Drush and explain to us what the deal is with Timna and the story of Timna, which they have a complicated linguistic Drush to get there, but we're just going to care about this story. So here's what's up with Timna. Timna wanted to convert, and she came before the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. IDK, how whoever's making this drosh, like, had all those people be alive at the same time. She came before the patriarchs, and they did not accept her. And so she went and became a concubine of Eliphaz, who was the son of Esau. And she said, it's better that I will be a maidservant, like a, a concubine, over here with Esau, rather than a noble woman over there. Basically, she was saying, like, since you all won't take me, I would rather be a concubine in another nation, even if I could become a noble woman amongst the Jews. Like, basically, fuck y'all. Okay, 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 got it. Like, fuck everything about you. She was like, I try to become a Jew, and you wouldn't take me, so I'm gonna go over here to your greatest enemy, which is the rabbi's conceive of Esau as an enemy of the Jews at this point, or as a the progenitor of a line that's the enemy of the Jews. So she's like, basically, fuck y'all, I'm gonna go, 
you know, she like tried to convert to CVS and CVS rejected her. And so she went and married Walgreens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And ultimately, Amalek, who was the son of Eliphaz, was birthed by her. And for those of you who don't know, Amalek is sort of this like enemy of the Jews of mythical proportions. Like to say that someone is an Amalek is like the ultimate enemy of the Jews insult you can give. Says Amalek was born from her, the person who afflicted the Jewish people. What is the reason that the Jewish people were punished by the hand of Amalek? It's because they should not have rejected her. Oh. Do we know anything about the grounds that they rejected her on? Not a peep. I mean, the commentators might have something to say, but I did not immediately find it. I'm sure, I mean, this is such a fascinating little anecdote. I'm sure there's some source out there that has made some conjecture, but the rabbis are basically inventing this whole story out of thin air. So they don't give any reason. Yep, 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 yep. So the deal is i mean the reason that i brought this basically is just like as a sort of paradigmatic example of like the importance that some sources place on being welcoming to people who want to convert and to me right let's say timna let's just imagine timna wanted to convert in ancient times to the ancient equivalent of secular humanist judaism and abraham (laughs) isaac and jacob were like i don't know about all that Like, are you even going to do any mitzvahs? What's the point? I don't get it. And in the end, Amalek was created from that. And so if the scale is like someone might not do what other people think is the right way to do Judaism versus Amalek, it seems like the source is creating a pretty obvious choice. I don't really think that's the binary that we're in. I think yeah. we can be welcoming to people without it being out of fear of a catastrophic event. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not the lesson here. Like, yes. Let people in because you don't want to create modern day Amaleks. Right. I think I'm not even drawing a lesson from it, more just using it to illustrate the high value that some sources place on welcoming people who want to convert. And that is a value that I think we should bring with us into the Judaism of the present. And that is a value that is very present for me in answering this question and saying like, hell yeah, play ball, come party. Yeah, come party, come play ball. Also, it sounds like you're doing hella Judaism. You're doing so much Jewish stuff like that you said in your question. And you're worrying, which is like, you're doing great. Right. I think you're doing great. I think you're a superstar. I think the Jewish people would be honored and blessed to have you. So that's what I have to say about that. So I hope this gives you some... Oh my gosh, my cat just fell off a box. Oh, that's cute. I hope this gives you some feelings of support and empowerment, because that is what I want to convey to you, Secular Seeker. And I thank you for your question. Wow. That was very nice. That was very nice. That's that, folks. That's all, folks. Um, Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, dear patrons, for supporting us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Next week, we're going to be talking about whether all dogs go to heaven in Judaism. Wait, really? Not specific. It's really just we're going to be talking about whether any animals of any kind go to heaven, but it's more catchy to say it that way. We're going to be talking about animal souls and afterlives. Okay, great. That sounds fun. Yeah. Gonna be a good one. Uh, yep.
And I'm bringing something. I'm bringing to bring a cool Sugya. Right. Going to bring a patron episode. For those of you who don't know, we release a patron episode every week. So if you like Hi, How Are You? You could join our Patreon and get twice as much of us in your lives. Something to think about. Yep. I just talked to someone recently who was a patron. And they just didn't even realize that we do a patron episode every week. That's a full separate episode. Really? They didn't yeah. know? They, just... they were delighted to discover it. So yeah. that's why I'm mentioning it specifically because they were really blown away by that. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. You do, you do get that. It's true. You get a lot. You get some quality stuff. And the patron episodes are really directed by Michael. So it's almost like a whole different version of the podcast. It's like an alternate universe version of Hi, How Are You? In kind which of. I am the pupil and Michael is the teacher. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's true. It is. Yeah, it That's is. That's a it fact. Is. That's not even an opinion. That metaphor is a fact. Anyway, Woo. it's been real. It's been, it's been a good. Blast hanging out with you all. And of course, as always, Shibuya Tov. Shibuya Tov. Thank <laughs> you.